Well, I want to uh, rewind the clock, the calendar back uh, about 14 years ago. Um, I was uh, even younger looking uh, than I am now, uh, living in North Wales, uh, working on those sort of um, outdoor adventure centres. You know, you kind of go on uh, school trips, that kind of thing, uh, as a as, as an attempt as an instructor. And uh, there was a group of us uh, working and living together, and it seemed like every other guy on team was called Ben. And so, you know, we reached for the, for the nicknames uh, in order to distinguish between, I think, there was at one stage, three or four Bens. Uh, I want to introduce you to one of the Bens, and we called him Sticky. Now, he was Sticky because he was one of the most enthusiastic, see what we did there? The most enthusiastic people I've ever met at one stage. His enthusiasm was for kayaking, and his whole world revolved around plastic boats in water. Another stage, he, was, he, he, he sort of set that aside and took up tennis, and he was the most enthusiastic person about tennis for a while. That then moved on. I think rollerblading was there. Uh, knitting made an appearance. Fishing was certainly there. Rock climbing, definitely there. The only thing I ever knew that he was not enthusiastic to do was to tidy his room. It was the most disgusting place I've ever been. But the reality was he was enthusiastic for those things for just a short amount of time, for a few weeks, a month or two at best. And then before you knew it, the, the fishing rod was hung up, the rollerblades were hung up, the, the boat was gathering dust. And so actually, like most nicknames, it was kind of ironic. We called him Sticky, but he had absolutely no sticking power. Well, these verses, 2 Timothy 3, right at the heart of them, as a call to stick, to have sticking power. Verse 14, if you've got your, your Bibles open at page 1196, 2 Timothy chapter 3, at verse 14. But as for you, continue in what you have learnt and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learnt it. And how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Paul writes, but as for you, Timothy, you, Timothy, my, my son in the faith, this is, this is Paul the apostle speaking to his apprentice, uh, to the one who he's trained up, the one who has followed in his footsteps, the one who is now in, in Ephesus looking after the church there. As for you, Timothy, keep with what you've learned. Keep with what you've believed from me. That, that message about Jesus, that he's real, that he's risen, and, and stick with all those Old Testament stories. Do you remember them, Timothy? The ones your grandma, the ones your mum used to read you every bedtime. Stick with them. Timothy, stick with the scriptures. Stick with your Bible. Now, Paul's writing to Timothy, and I think he's writing with a sense of, of confidence because he's seen God's work in Timothy's life. But he is, Paul, at this stage, perhaps sensing a need for that confidence to be boosted. Timothy was in need of a confidence boost. Why? Or perhaps a confidence boost was needed because Timothy was tempted maybe to, to park or to hide away certain bits of the Bible. Paul says a couple of times in this, in this letter to Timothy not to be ashamed about the message of Jesus and, and the truths that we have in this book. Timothy needed perhaps a confidence boost because Maybe there was a temptation to start adding things to the Bible. Because there's plenty in this letter, again, about 
people who, who looked like they should have been on the same team as Timothy, but actually weren't. So we read, and we heard, and it's read, uh, verse 13, we talk, we talk of evildoers, imposters, deceiving and being deceived. Another, the Holy Spirit's put these verses in front of us today, not, not because we're Timothy, not because we're in Ephesus, not because we're in that situation. But I do wonder, well, the Holy Spirit's put these verses in front of us because we also, perhaps, need a confidence boost. I need a confidence boost about uh, this book. So when we read verse 14, but as for you, as for us, as for me, as for us St. Luke's, continue, stick, stick with the scriptures, stick with the Bible. This is the last in our, in our series of four, looking at you know, why, why we place such value on this book in our life together. Why do we say it's at the heart of all we do? We've already heard that over the last few weeks. Because this is God's word. This is God's voice to us. It has authority. Uh, we've thought about uh, the fact that we need it. Because without it, we, actually we would have no way of making sense of Jesus or our own life. And lastly, we're thinking about it because we can understand it. We might have to work hard at it. It's not always easy, but we can understand it. But I wonder if actually some of us are a bit like my friend Sticky. We're enthusiastic about the Bible for a short burst. Or maybe for little short bursts through the week. You know, the times when we come to church or the times we go to small group or the times we, we spend with other Christians. For the rest of the time, you know, it's, it's actually just parked over on the side, gathering dust. Or maybe stuff that's going on around us means actually uh, we, would, we would far rather hide some of the bits of the Bible away. Because they sound, well, they sound a bit weird or a bit odd or a bit hard. Or they seem a bit offensive. And actually, what we'd far rather do is something like this. I'm so glad that got a reaction. We'd far rather, we'd have that bit. Not that bit. Or maybe, actually, our temptation is, is slightly different. We, we put our, our Bibles down, at, but, but yet we're maybe with other Christians and busy lives and stuff that starts piling up stuff that sounds really wise or sounds reasonable or makes sense of our experience starts mounding up on top of the Bible and we start to lose what we read. I don't know which one of those you kind of find yourself, whether you're, whether you're feeling like your, your Bible is buried, whether you're feeling like actually it's just a bit of the Bible you want to hold on to but the rest is just too difficult or whether you find yourself kind of enthusiastic for a while or not. I don't know which one you are tonight. But let's hear those words. But as for you, as for you, as for us, continue. Stick with the Scriptures. And I'm, I'm glad as I ripped some pages out of that Bible, there was a... <sighs> but just for a moment, ask yourself, why are you doing that? Why are you taking that sharp intake of breath? It's just paper with ink on it, right? Isn't it? Made in China, likely. For many people, that is just what it is. Printed ink on paper. 
But actually, for those who follow Jesus, we know actually there's something far more going on here. This is part of the Holy Scriptures, which make us, which are able to make us wise for salvation through faith in Christ. All Scripture is God-breathed. Yeah, it's ink on a page. But by the power of the Spirit and through faith in Jesus, it's God's life-giving voice to us. Stick with it. And I think there are two two reasons to stick with it for us uh, this evening. The first one is uh, stick with the Bible because it brings us to Jesus. Stick with the Bible because it brings us to Jesus. Here's the reality about the Bible is it does not tell us everything about everything. Think about it for a moment. It's a really obvious statement. The Bible does not tell us everything about everything, but it does tell us everything we need about the things that matter most. It tells us everything we need about the things that matter most. It leads us to Jesus. And so in Jesus, we discover who God is in himself. We discover that he's, he's life-giving and generous and holy. We discover that he is slow to anger. He's forgiving. He's abounding in love. He's promise-making. He's promise-keeping. He's the resurrecting God and the one who gives freedom. We discover who we truly are. We're made in the image of God, made for relationship with him, made to be fruitful. And yet we find that we are disconnected. We're in the dark. And without God, dead on the inside. And as scripture brings us to Jesus, we discover we we can offer nothing. And yet through faith in Jesus, God gives us everything. God gives us everything through Jesus' life-giving life and death-defeating death. If you were here two weeks ago, uh, we were in Luke chapter 24 with Rob. The, the, the moment the risen Jesus meets with some of his friends on the road to Emmaus, they're, we're told that they're kept from recognizing Jesus. And as they walk along, you just, yeah, no fireworks, no flashes of lightning, no Jesus going... Ta-da! None of that. What happens? Jesus starts to unpack the Old Testament and says, it's all about me. That's what they needed to know, even before they recognized him. Those same scriptures that Jesus says are all about him are the, the same scriptures talked about in verse 15 that Timothy will have known from infancy, taught by his mum and grandma, combined with everything he's heard from Paul about Jesus, so much of which is our New Testament. All of that together made Timothy wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Why stick with the Bible? It brings us to Jesus. Stick with the Bible, it brings us to Jesus. A second reason to stick with the Bible, and I think this is Paul's main point in these verses in 2 Timothy 3, is because it totally equips us for life following Jesus. It totally equips us for life following Jesus. To read in verse 16, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God 
may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I was away for a few um, days at a, a conference um, uh, this week and, you know, pat my back, as you do. And as you, as a Monday morning, packing everything in and I'm kind of thinking, I think I've got everything I need. I don't know if you have that experience as you're packing for holiday, just kind of going through a bit of a mental list. I've got everything I need. And then when you arrive, you unpack and you realize, as ever, you've forgotten your toothbrush. Because that's what I always forget. I don't know what it is for you. I actually remember my toothbrush this week. I was really pleased with myself. And I realized I've forgotten to pack any socks. But there we go. Uh, the Bible, I suppose, maybe, maybe we can think of it as a little bit like a bag. It's got everything we need in, not, not for going away, not for going for a conference, not going on holiday, but for life following Jesus. And, and the thing is, with the Bible, you've not had to pack it. You've not had to pack this bag. It's, it's given to you, and it's got everything you need in it for life following Jesus. And so as you open the Bible, as you open this, this bag, you, you kind of, I could do with a table here, you know, you find that, oh yeah, very sensible, you've got your running shorts and all the things you expect and, you know, a jumper and, you know, oh, brilliant, yeah. I did put a toothbrush in here. Well, I thought I did if I'd forgotten it. Oh, that's ironic, isn't it? There you go. Uh, and, you know, you kind of, you find all the things in the Bible that maybe you were expecting to find. And then it's a bit like when we as a family went on holiday to the Peak District in about October, uh, just gone. And my daughter arrives with the bag that she packed for holiday. She unzips it, has a rummage in bat, and pulls out, Daddy, look at the toys I bought on holiday. The Anglican hymn book. And a black plastic rat. And I'm going, why do you want those on holiday? Why do you need them? And sometimes we read the Bible. It's like we're, we're unpacking the bag. We go, yeah, I can see why I need that. I can see why I need that. Those times when you, you open the Bible and, and it seems to just be speaking straight into your situation. So relevant. And then you read a passage and it's like you pulled out a black plastic rat. Like, what? what? Why do I need that? We need to remember that we're to stick with the Scripture, stick with the Bible, because it totally equips us for life following Jesus be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now those of you here last week and remember Steve and his toolkit, toolkit for reading the Bible, will kind of be reading this and go, well, yeah, but this is Paul talking to Timothy. And those of you a bit sharp, servant of God is a kind of, it's a loaded phrase. It seems to kind of speak of maybe somebody who had, has spiritual leadership over God's people. So you're going, well, well I'm, I'm I'm not a church leader as such, and I'm not Timothy. So surely this is just for some people and not all people. Well, I want to say what is especially true for those who have spiritual leadership is generally true for all of God's people. So we can turn to other bits of the Bible. Um, Andy, I wonder if you can put the, the verse from Psalm 119 on the screen, if that's doable. We read this uh, in Psalm 119, verse 9. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. You might be sitting there, well, I'm not a young person, I'm not a church leader. Huh, I'm out of this. But do you see, there's a general, there's a general principle here. We can um, pop uh, that verse uh, down now. 
Stick with the scriptures. Stick with the Bible. Totally equips you for life following Jesus. What kind of life uh, is it that it, it leads to? Well, uh, we see Paul's description of his life, don't we, at the start of that, those verses. You, however, know all about my teaching. You know what's come out of my mouth. You know what I've said, and then you've known my way of life. You've seen how what I've said and how I've lived match up. You know my purpose. You know what I'm about. You know who I belong to. You know about my faith, Paul says. You know about that heartbeat that I have for Jesus. You know about my love. You know the interactions I've had with different people, with other Christians, with those who have opposed me, with those who have made my life really difficult. You know how I have sought to serve and not demand from people. You have known how I have been patient and how I have endured even when I have been persecuted and when I've suffered. Christian life is not an easy ride. The Bible's not going to make you smarter, richer, better looking, or anything like that. But it will make you wise, blessed. And you'll realize you are known and loved. And that you have hope as you face everything that life throws its way, your way. Paul's saying, look at my life. This is the kind of life sticking with the Bible leads to. And I wonder, who's the person you need to think of this evening? Your equivalent of Timothy. Maybe it was the person who led you to put your faith in Jesus Christ. Maybe it's somebody who's had a significant influence in your life, in your walk with Jesus. Maybe it's just the person who comes to mind when you think of the most godly person you can think. Don't think stereotypical Christian. Think most godly person you know. I don't know who that person is for you. I don't know whose face it is in your mind. I'm pretty confident that some of those faces will be sitting here in this room right now. And my guess would be that they are people who are living with their Bibles open. They are people who are sticking with the Bible. Uh, sure, you can probably find exceptions, okay. But I think that's a generally true. And I wonder who, who the person who's looking at you might be. What is your life saying? Is it showing a dependence and a sticking with the Bible? You see, your, your friends around you, your work colleagues, those who are not followers of Jesus, might be unlikely to open the Bible, but they will look at your life. And see what's said. Someone said it's like that your life is the first gospel that people read. And maybe it's like um, Timothy's grandma and mum. Maybe you're that in position uh, and you, you are looking after young ones. Are you teaching them the stories of the Bible? Teaching them to stick with the scriptures, to stick with the Bible? It produces an amazing life. Stick with the Bible. It brings us to Jesus. It totally equips us for life following Jesus. And we get a little glimpse of what that looks like. Right? The final thing to think about is, if that's all true, what should it be like when we spend time reading the Bible? Whether we're doing that on our own, whether we're doing that with others, whether we're doing it something like this now. 
What should, what should we expect? We're told, verse 16, all scriptures, God breathed, is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. It teaches us. We find out what God is like. We find out what God likes. Again, it might not teach us everything about everything. If you want to know how to get mark a pen off your sofa cushions, the Bible's probably not the place to go. If you want to know how to drive from, from Leicester to Glasgow, probably don't go to the Bible. But it might teach you about your attitudes to the person who's drawn on your sofa. Or your attitude that you might want to have as you're driving from Leicester to Glasgow. It tells us what we need to know. We're told it, it rebukes and corrects. There should be an expectation when we open the Bible, it's not always going to be a comfortable read. It's going to challenge us at times. In the book of Hebrews, Andy, I wonder, have we got the um, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 verse? It describes the word of God being alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. It gets into the tiny corners of our life. And think of it a bit like this. It's a bit like the surgeon's scalpel. I suspect none of us want to be on the receiving end of the surgeon's scalpel, right? Sounds quite painful. Sounds, you know, quite dramatic and urgent. But the surgeon is doing it for our long-term good, right? That's why you have an operation. And so sometimes time in the Bible will be like that. It won't be comfortable. But it will be doing us so much good. We can pop the, uh, the verse down now. Thank you. And the final one, training in righteousness. It's training. If you like reading the Bible, time in the Bible, in all the different areas of life we, we do it, is, it's like going to the gym. It's getting us ready. Often the Bible does feel so relevant to life as we're experiencing now, but sometimes it's the equivalent of pulling out the, the black plastic rat or the Anglican hymn book, and you're kind of like, what purpose has this got? But do you know what? It, it might just be training you for what's to come, because when you reach the big decisions of life, where do I live? Should I get married? Who should I marry? What job should I get? Those kind of questions. What do I do with my time and my money, my retirement? Those big questions of life, well, if we've been spending time in the Bible, we are being shaped in such a way that we arrive with, at them and we can make good, godly, wise decisions. And so, I think, to offer you kind of something practical to take away with, can maybe ask two questions whenever you have the Bible open, whenever you're hearing it by yourself, with others, in church. Two questions. What, does the, what do these verses tell me about God? As they bring you to Jesus Christ, what do these verses tell me about God? And the second question is even more simple than that. So What? So what? What difference is what I'm hearing, what I'm reading, going to make to my life today, tomorrow, this week? What does this tell me about God? What, what, what is he, God showing me about who he is? What reasons do I have to praise him? And so what? What difference is this going to make to my life? 
my prayer from these verses is that we really would stick with the scriptures. We wouldn't be like my friend Sticky. We wouldn't be those who are just holding on to a bit of the Bible. We wouldn't be those who are, who are burying our Bibles under other stuff. We would know that the Bible is what brings us to Jesus. And it's what totally equips us for life following him.